0: Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for celebrating this special evening with us as we uh, reflect on the goodness of God to send his son Jesus to this earth, ultimately to pay an incredible price that we might have a relationship with him. Tonight I want to share just a few short thoughts. I know that's dangerous when a preacher says a few short thoughts, but it's going to be a few short thoughts tonight and um, I want to read a couple of verses from Matthew chapter number 2, starting in verse number 1. A familiar passage of scripture around Christmas time, a familiar story uh, in the Christmas story it says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi or wise men From the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Tonight I want to share a few thoughts with you on the topic, Follow the Star follow the star. Let me pray for us real quick. Father, thank you for an opportunity tonight to reflect upon uh, your love for humanity, your love for each of us individually, that you would send your son Jesus to this earth to live amongst us, to be with us, and ultimately to give his life for us. And tonight we thank you and uh, celebrate all that you are in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of my favorite stories that My dad told me growing up, which led to some vocabulary that we still use today, was when he was working uh, one day with his Uncle Roy, it was actually my mom, his wife's uh, uncle, his name was Roy, and they were doing construction, and uh, Uncle Roy was up on the second story looking out a window, and my dad was on the ground outside the house, and Uncle Roy yelled down, "Uh, hey Gary, will you grab the ladder and hand it up to me? And dad tells a story that he was looking around for the ladder everywhere and and he was searching for the ladder and Uncle Roy said, come on, I need the ladder, hand me the ladder and And he's stopping and looking, and they had thrown some shingles off the roof as they were working on the roof, and it was covering the ladder, and from his vantage point, he couldn't see the ladder, but apparently he was standing with one foot in the rung of the ladder and one foot outside of the ladder, so he was literally standing over the ladder, and Uncle Roy yelled down to my dad, just use that that you're standing on until you can find the ladder. Right, So my dad, anytime I'm looking for something growing up, he would say, just use that until you can find it when it was something that was obvious right in front of me. And so still to this day, we always joke. And, and when we're asking to find something that's obvious and right in front of us, we always say, just use that until you can find one. And when I read this Christmas story, as I was reflecting this week on tonight, um, I feel a lot like someone should be yelling to a lot of people in the Christmas story, like something obvious is right in front of you, but you don't see it. You don't see it. Now, let's, let's talk for a minute about the wise men, the magi. They lived in the east. That's what scripture says. Some believe that they lived in the area of Persia, um, even further to the east of that, which would today be uh, the the area of Iraq and um, the Middle East. And so they would have seen a star and traveled from afar to see Jesus. Now, it's estimated that they would have traveled some odd 800 miles from where they were to Bethlehem to see Jesus. Now, if they traveled 10 miles in a day on average. It would have taken them 80 days. So, so they traveled anywhere from some 2 to 3 months to if they took their time uh, they could have potentially taken over a year to travel and they were following this star. Now what gets me is that this star that was bright in the sky that was bright enough for them to follow some 800 to 1000 miles some believe wouldn't lead more people to where Jesus was. Like in my mind, I'm thinking, how can you not see a star if someone 800 miles away can see a star and follow a star all the way to Jesus? How can people in the vicinity not see the star and notice it enough to want to come and see. Like, I feel like there should have been masses of people gathered in this city. I feel like there should have been hundreds of thousands of people that have just wondered, why is this star so bright in the sky if someone 800 miles away could see it and follow it? And that's kind of my logic. And I kind of go through some some people in the story, and I just wonder how people were so close to Jesus but didn't recognize who he was. I think of King Herod when the wise men came from the east and they stopped and they asked King Herod where the baby Jesus would be. That they had seen a star and they had followed and they wanted to know where he was. And so King Herod went to the priest's to the Jewish religious people who knew the prophecy that Jesus was coming and they said well he would have been born in Bethlehem that's what's been prophesied and so the wise men from there saw a star that literally moved ahead of them until they got to Bethlehem and I thought well from 800 miles away they can follow a star and ask someone who knows where Jesus would have been born according to prophecy yet they didn't follow and go along like they didn't understand that he was with them that they were so close yet so far away from seeing the most important thing that they could see you know you know i think of the story when uh, Joseph and Mary, Jesus' earthly parents were coming into Bethlehem for a census and because so many people were in town there wasn't even room for them in an inn and I, I think to that conversation when they entered the inn and they knocked on the door and the innkeeper came to the door and they said, you know, my wife's pregnant, we've come from a long way and we need a place to stay and the innkeeper didn't recognize who he was dealing with and so we have no room for you in the inn and led them ultimately to a barn where the baby Jesus would be born. How, how people could be so close to the most important thing at the time and not recognize it. And not recognize it. And what helped to me a little this week was understanding something that I already knew about the wise men, the magi. See, the wise men were astrologers. And they would have studied the sky and the stars on a regular basis. And they would have noticed patterns, and they would have noticed anything that would have been different in the sky. In fact, many believe that when they saw this special star, it was such an important occurrence in the night sky that they knew that some king had been born, that, that something special had happened that would make them want to travel so far away. When most people aren't looking in the sky at stars, astrologers are. And here's the, here's the good news about Christmas for you and for me. Not that God loved us enough to send his son to the earth to be among us, Emmanuel, God with us. But that in addition to that, he meets us where we are. That he would meet some wise men in the east through a star. And he would call to them through a star, speak their language, that he would show up to them in a way that they would recognize. And he would call them to leave where they were and to come and worship, to come and adore this King Jesus. And so I started thinking about how Jesus makes himself known to people through languages they speak. And I, I thought through Scripture and, and I thought of... Luke chapter 5 when Simon Peter was out fishing with his brother and, and they had been fishing all night and Jesus showed up and he asked if he could get into their boat and from his boat, from their boat he began to teach people and people began to gather around. And then Jesus gives them a special instruction to, to launch out into the deep and cast their net on the right side. And Simon began to kind of argue with Jesus a little. He said, you know, respectfully, sir, we're fishermen by trade. This is what we do for a living. And we've been out here literally all night, and we've caught nothing. But because you say so, out of respect for you, we'll cast the net on the right side. And and when they did, the net was so full that they had to have help bringing it in to shore. And from that moment, they recognized that Jesus wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a great leader. He was a savior of the world. Jesus spoke to them through something they would recognize. He could have easily just taught deep theological truths to them, but he didn 't. He met them where they were in the midst of their livelihood, which was fishing. Then I thought of Acts chapter number nine, when a man named Saul was on a road to Damascus, he had gotten permission from the high priest to go and persecute Christians. This movement called the church was spreading, and people were telling him the message of Jesus, and it was gaining traction, and and people were beginning to follow this new church movement. And Saul asked for permission to go to a place called Damascus, and he asked specifically for permission to begin to arrest leaders in this Christian movement. He was a persecutor of the church. He was, he was hardcore, full intent to stop this movement called the church, which acknowledged Jesus as the Christ. If you remember the story in Acts chapter 9, Jesus showed up to Paul on that road to Damascus with a blinding light and began to speak to him with a voice through the light, saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then he gives him instructions and he tells him to go to a house on Straight Street and wait there for a man named Ananias to come and pray for him. And when Ananias comes to pray for him, something like scales fell from his eyes and he received his sight again. And from that moment, Scripture says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he began to follow Jesus. See, it was on his road to do what he normally does that Jesus showed up And met him. He was going to persecute the church. And on the way to persecute the church, Jesus showed up in his life. You know, he could have from a distance sat back and and screamed at him, Hey, that's not good. Turn around. Don't go there. But he met him on his way to persecute the church. The very thing that Jesus stood for, Saul opposed. Yet Jesus loved him enough not just to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us, among us, but he loved him enough to meet him where he was. And Saul's name got changed to Paul, and he went on to be one of the greatest leaders in the Christian movement in the history of the world, and wrote over half of your New Testament that you read today. Now, I thought of story after story in the Bible where God isn't just among us, but he loves us enough to reach out to us where we are. He speaks a familiar language to us. And He longs to have a relationship with us so much that He isn't just available, but He pursues us. He comes after us. He meets us where we are. See, I don't know that I would do that. See, I think I would hang a big banner and say, you know, if if you want to follow me, there's some benefits, but you need to make some changes. And as soon as you make the changes, you come over here and follow me. And I'll bless you. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He loves us where we are. And he comes and meets us where we are. I've had conversations with men and women who have different stories. See, not everyone has a story where they're in a church service or they're in a church environment when they came to know Jesus, but Jesus shows up and meets people where they are. I know people who have given their lives to Christ in prison, serving a penalty for some evil things that they've done in this world. I know know people who have met Jesus because he showed up through their family life. And in a living room, they were introduced to Jesus. I've talked to people who have met Jesus in their workplace, through a co-worker or a boss, and... And through conversation Jesus showed up and met them where they are and I've, I've talked to people who were at rock bottom who were drowning in their sin who were miserable in the lives they were living. They were hopeless and helpless and felt like there was nowhere to turn and Jesus met them there. And he gave them a story and he gave them hope and he brought them up out of that mess and he set them on a, another path. And I believe that we all have a star to follow. And it may not be a star in the sky that an astrologer would be attracted to and understand because most of us don't study the sky. But we all have something that we're familiar with. We have some place that we go. We have some relationship that we're in. We have some compassion in our heart. We have something that drives us and motivates us in life. And just perhaps... In the midst of your life, in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the good times, in the midst of the bad times, Jesus shows up and He simply calls out to you to come and follow Him. My question for us tonight is really simple is, have you followed the star? Have you recognized Christ in your life? Have you seen where He has moved in you and through you? Have you noticed that the Savior of the world is pursuing you, that He longs to have a relationship with you, that He loves you so much that He didn't just come to the earth and He didn't just give His life, but He individually and personally pursues you and pursues me and longs for a relationship. And I believe that we all, in different ways, have opportunities to follow Christ, that He shows up in the midst of our lives. And it might, always, it might not always look the same, and He might not show up, and there might not be a star in your life that looks the same as the star in my life. For me, it was church. From the time I was young, my parents had me in church, and it was through church that I saw a star, and I chose to follow Jesus, and I was attracted to the King of the universe. But for you, maybe you don't have a church history. and Maybe you don't have a background in the church. And maybe, just maybe, you're here tonight. Not because you even necessarily want to. But just because someone invited you. And you thought that you would just appease them. And you'd show up tonight. And just maybe tonight is your star. Just maybe tonight, you're not here on accident. And it's not a coincidence that you're in the room hearing a message about a group of men from the east who saw a star and followed it to Jesus. And so, I want to extend an invitation to you. It's a very simple invitation to you tonight. I'm going to actually ask the band to come back and we're going to sing a song. And as they're preparing to come and lead us in this song and as we are reflecting on the next few moments in our lives, I just want to give you a few pieces of instruction. Namely, tonight you showed up and maybe you didn't even know what to expect and you're just here because you were invited. But I want to ask you for the next few moments as they sing this song to, to maybe listen to the words and just ask yourself, can those words be true for my life? Are those words true for my life? But I want you to ask yourself specifically, have I recognized Christ? in my life? And for many of you, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. And you've chosen to follow Jesus and you have followed the star, but for others of you, maybe you haven't. And maybe you haven't recognized the love of Jesus in your life and maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Christ and maybe you haven't noticed the most obvious person in your life that loves you the most and that has given the most for you and tonight maybe for the first time you're going to see a star and you're going to recognize that Jesus has been right there with you all of these years pursuing you, longing for a relationship with you and you've just never seen him in that way. Maybe church for you has just been a religious experience. The interesting thing about this story is that when I think of people far from God, I would think wise men, magi, because location-wise, physically speaking, they were hundreds of miles away from Jesus. Yet there were people in the very same town that turned a deaf ear to Jesus, that didn't recognize Him as the Savior of the world. It doesn't matter how much you've been in church or how much you haven't been in church. It doesn't matter how bad you feel like you've been and that Jesus expects something from you before He'll do something in you it doesn't matter if you've it doesn't matter if you've been a really good person your whole life and you can't really say you've done a lot of bad. The question for you tonight isn't are you good or bad, is have you seen Jesus for who he wants to be in your life? And that's your savior. That's that's the God who loves you enough to have you in a room tonight to hear a simple message. It says if you'll place your faith in Jesus, he can change your life forever. Amen. But when you see the star, you've got to leave where you are and you've got to go and follow. And just like Peter left the fishing boat to follow and just like Saul left the road to persecution to follow. and Just like the wise men left the east to follow. Just like the shepherds in the field where the angels showed up and told them that today a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord, and they chose to go and follow. Tonight, you have a decision to make. Hopefully, you see the star and you understand that Jesus loves you, but the question for you tonight is, will you follow that star? Will you leave where you are and trust Him enough to give your life to Him? He's pursued you. And will you just finally allow Him to do for you what He wants to do in your life. We're going to sing this song and as we sing this song you can just stay seated. You don't have to stand. You don't have to sing. You can just reflect. You can if you want. But would you just take a few minutes as we sing this song together and just ask God, you know, have I followed the star? Ask yourself, have I chosen to follow Jesus? Am I like the wise men or am I like the innkeeper? And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to extend a simple invitation to you to trust in Jesus. So let's sing this song and be honest with ourselves for a few moments. So the Magi, the wise men, brought three gifts to Jesus. Some people think that there were only three wise men because they only brought three gifts, but most scholars believe that there would have been Servants and a whole caravan that would have come to celebrate King Jesus. But these three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, weren't just common, ordinary gifts. See, the the gold that they would have presented to Jesus would have recognized that He was a king. It would have been symbolic that they would have recognized you are a king. The frankincense would have been found in an anointing oil that the priests would have used and so they would have been recognizing that he was the high priest when they presented him that gift and the myrrh would actually have been found in embalming fluid and so they would have been recognizing that he was their sacrifice what gifts do you have to bring Jesus Jesus tonight what do you have to offer Jesus and if you're like many of us were before we met Jesus you probably can't think of much that you can offer the king and savior of the world that would be worthy of who he is and what he offers but can I just share with you some good news tonight the greatest gift that you can give Jesus Is your sin. It's all the jacked up areas in your life and all those areas that you're ashamed of and the areas of your life that you might have a tendency to feel like I need to fix some things before I can come to Jesus. Those are the very things that He wants from you. And the reason I believe He wants those things from you is because He died for those things. And when you bring those things to Jesus, it makes His death not be in vain that he says, I've provided something for you. Please take advantage of it. You may not have gold, and you may not have frankincense, and you may not have myrrh, but you've got something tonight that you can bring to Jesus. And the invitation is simple. Come and adore him. Leave where you are, and come meet Jesus. Because he's coming to meet you. And he's showing himself to you. And some of you in this moment feel what we would call in the church world the Holy Spirit's conviction. God's dealing with you. You feel as though there's an overwhelming sense that you need to respond. And I'm about to give you an opportunity to respond to the hope and the way I'm going to ask you to respond isn't going to be easy. I'm just going to be up front with you. I'm guilty as well as I believe a lot of pastors today in trying to make it easy to follow Jesus. We want you to be able to say a prayer with your eyes closed and everybody's head down and no one notices so that you don't feel singled out or isolated and embarrassed. And I just want to let you know tonight there's nothing to be embarrassed of if tonight you've never followed Jesus, if you've never heard His call to come when He's meeting you, to place your faith in Him, to receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. Tonight, there's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about in doing that. That's the reason that our church exists, is to make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. And that doesn't mean that you're the worst of the worst. It may mean that you've been around church a lot. You've just never seen Jesus for who He is. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, in just a few minutes, I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you, Just as the wise men left the east and they traveled to where Jesus was, just as Peter left the fishing boat and just as Saul left the road to Damascus of persecution, I'm going to ask you when I count to three to stand to your feet and leave literally where you are and come and stand right here in the front. I know some people would say, that's kind of old school. Like the old school pastors used to ask people to come forward. We don't do that anymore. And tonight, I'm going to ask you to do that. And here's what I know. Not in any way trying to manipulate you into doing something you don't want to do. But if you can't stand in front of a room full of people who have been praying for you, specifically this night, to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. If you can't get up in that room... And boldly declare, I'm leaving where I'm at and I'm going to follow Jesus. And how in the world do you ever expect to be able to follow Jesus out in this world that we live in? Jesus died for you after God sent him. He loves you. He gave his life for you. And tonight, the invitation is simple. Will you come and adore? And I can guarantee you this as soon as you stand to your feet and make that first step this room is going to erupt with applause because people have been praying and expecting for God to do something in your life tonight this isn't a moment for any of you who feel like you've had a bad week and maybe you said a cuss word and you know you haven't been perfect this week this is for someone who would say I've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and tonight I've seen the star I recognize who he is and I'm going to leave where I'm at, and I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to sell out in front of everybody and give my life to Jesus. If that's you, when I count to three, would you just stand to your feet and walk down front? Don't wait for someone else to move. If God's dealing with your heart, this is your time to respond. One, two, three. Just stand to your feet and walk down front. Anybody else? Come on. Come on, church. Man, I'm so excited. Listen, if you're st- if you're still feeling that, you still got time. Just get up and walk down here. Let me talk talk to you guys. I'm so proud of the decisions you're making tonight. In recognizing Jesus, not for just a religious person and not just for a historical figure, but recognizing Him as someone who loved you individually, personally, and gave His life, that you might receive life in Him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, if that's okay. And I want to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want to ask you out loud to repeat this after me. And church, if you'll do me a favor, if you'll repeat this out loud with them so that they don't feel as if they're alone up here. They're not alone. Would you just repeat this out loud with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I will follow you. Thank you for being my Savior and meeting me tonight. I ask you to forgive my sins I give my life to you, and I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.